The following is a paid podcast from Prudential. Welcome to Wealth Wits, a podcast about money made exactly for you. I'm Faith Saley. So, you're an optimistic avoider and you're in your 30s. Well, I've done a little research about what it's like to be an optimistic avoider in your 30s, and I'm here to share that information with you. Let's start with the avoider part. I went out and asked some optimistic avoiders about their finances. Here's what they had to say about money. I don't really have a plan of how I'm gonna get to be a saver. I think right now I'm just doing. I'm disinterested in learning the things that I need to learn in order to become a saver and that disinterest causes anxiety you know I'm a creative person and I'm not I'm not generally the kind of person that wants to think about numbers at all I've never really stressed about money because I feel like I'm blessed and that the money will come so here's what I learned. For optimistic avoiders like yourself, money is probably not your top priority. But you're okay with that. Probably you feel a lot more relaxed about your finances than most people. When I think about the most quintessential optimistic avoider, I think about a woman I met named Lauren. She would rather do anything than balance a checkbook. She's too busy living life. I got Lauren to sit down with me to tell me her thoughts on her finances. My name is Lauren. When I was working, we didn't have 401ks and things like that. So I didn't think about that. I needed things to retire on. I, when I first came here, the one thing I noticed was everyone, you have to save. You have to buy an apartment. Why? There's more in life than that. I like to go to Paris. I like to go to Italy. I, you know, I'd spend my money. So for me going forward, I'm not going to worry about it. I, I just can't. That's how I've lived my life always. But it's a bit of a shock that the money that I went through so fast from retiring. But it hasn't changed the things I do in my daily life. I wanted to know what some financial experts would have to say about your financial behavior type. And I wanted to ask what advice they'd have for someone like Lauren. I turned first to Amanda Clayman, a financial therapist and wellness expert. Here's what she had to say. We have to understand and accept that all financial behavior has meaning. And when someone is an optimistic avoider, they are making a choice to put their energy and attention somewhere other than money. Let's talk about Lauren, um, who is a quintessential optimistic avoider. I even love her accent. What advice would you have for Lauren? I loved Lauren. Like you, I, I sort of responded to her, her accent and her attitude. It just, you could see that she is fully who she is and has been since the beginning, which is delightful. In terms of advice, I, I feel like one of the things that Lauren is experiencing is that there's a, a disconnect between the, the sort of strategies that worked in her life while she was a, a working person and now where she finds herself today. So I would want to explore with her sort of how how much of a gap is there. It's not too late for Lauren to, to figure out some kind of balance between um, enjoying life in the moment, but making sure she's she's caring enough for herself financially. Absolutely, it's, n it's not too late, it's never too late. 
optimistic avoiders can be pretty happy-go-lucky carpe diem people. Uh, what are some of the opportunities of falling into this behavior type? I think that there's a, a greater sense of connection to the moment, um, that people who are optimistic avoiders feel intuitively guided in a way that is comfortable to them. Um, very often, though, what they'll do, and it sounds so un- unromantic, but it, it, it is in a way sort of strategic, is they partner with someone who balances them out. So they need another perspective in their lives that that does put up the hand and say, hey, let's think about the future. Let's be disciplined. Have you seen that working well? Money types are not unrelated to other parts of the personality. So a person who's an optimistic avoider, you know, may you may love this person's joie de vivre. Um, their, their fun, their sense of possibility. What are some of the disadvantages and risks of being an optimistic avoider? Well, oftentimes off- optimistic avoiders sort of run into crisis that they didn't see coming, but anybody else could have easily seen coming. <laughs> Um, like like if a sort of medical issue comes up mm. or anything that sort of creates disruption and how money's going to come in or go out in their life um they're not prepared i keep wondering what happens to optimistic avoiders when they get older and older and older and maybe want to retire well i do find that people either sort of outgrow this or they are intuitively guided um in order to to set something up with just enough time to to sort of cover their bases. People often sort of expand their social network when this is their their money type, such that they have people that they can go to who can really help support them. They depend on the the kindness and generosity of the people in their lives in a way that feels very affirming to them. Amanda, thank you so much. Amanda Clayman says that optimistic avoiders like you need to take at least a few small steps to prepare for the future. So what should you do? To find out, I called up David Carlson, a personal finance blogger at the site youngadultmoney.com and the author of the book Hustle Away Debt. Are there any money-saving tools that you would especially recommend for optimistic avoiders? Yeah, I'd say that setting up direct deposit into a savings account or if you're employed by um, an employer who has a 401k plan, setting up those automatic contributions from day one. It might not build up much right now, but you don't see the money. It automatically goes into the account. Eventually, you're not going to miss it. That will help you build a nest egg without actually having to think about building it. Yeah, you're it, it's kind of a responsible way to avoid, right? You're 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 avoiding your your spending by funneling it away without without having to feel the sting. In fact, I would recommend that you don't check your 401k that often because it's really a long-term tool. So if you just continue to make your automatic contributions, don't get worried when the market goes up or down over the course of years or decades, you're going to be in a good spot. That makes sense for an optimistic avoider. You're you're saying you don't you don't have to stay on top of all your balances um, all the time. You know, check it once every few years and pat yourself on the back. Exactly. Okay, so what are the takeaways for optimistic avoiders? First, automate, automate, automate. Set up those automatic withdrawals from your paycheck directly into a savings or retirement account. Once you've taken that step, you can avoid thinking about it altogether. In fact, don't look at it. 
David Carlson says the less you look at your retirement accounts, the better. You want to act like that money's not even there. And whether you're in a relationship or not, think about how your family and friends can help you prepare for the future. There's probably someone in your life who can help you think about saving. And in exchange, you can teach them how to live in the moment. Okay, so we've heard what it's like to manage money as an optimistic avoider. But to get the full picture of your financial situation, we also have to think about your current stage of life. What's unique about being in your 30s? What might be some of the challenges in front of you right now? And what about the opportunities? Out in the world, I also asked some folks in their 30s for snapshots of their finances. And this is what they told me. Uh, when I turned 30, I definitely saw myself more as like an adult. I feel very anxious about my debt. Um, I just didn't think that I would still have this problem at 30. There's all of this like shame associated with not having enough money. And then there's also all of this anxiety with like getting money and making sure you have enough money. So this is what I heard. The 30s are all about change. You're looking to the future, laying the foundation for the rest of your life. You might be choosing a partner, thinking about buying a home or having children. One woman I spoke to was right in the middle of her 30s and entering a whole new phase of adulthood. She and her husband had just bought a house and just had a baby, and she was feeling a little uneasy about her finances. Here's what she said. My name is Erin, and I'm 36. Um, I think my 30s, I kind of feel like an adult. Childcare is a giant worry of mine. Now my goals work-wise are just making enough money to pay for his daycare. Since being pregnant, I tried to get all of my ducks in a row, and I opened up an IRA, and my husband has a 401k, and we have a little thing for my son. You know, so, so we definitely, we're pretty into saving. Again, I wanted to talk to a financial expert to hear what advice they would give to Aaron or someone similarly squeezed between big life decisions. I reached out to Kimberly Palmer, a financial journalist. Kimberly writes a lot about money management for parents. And whether you have kids or not, she's got tons of good advice for 30-somethings. Here's Kimberly. Let's talk about Aaron a little bit. You know, so so Aaron is recognizing that child care is almost as much as her mortgage. What advice would you have for Aaron? I love Aaron's story because it's like, wow, I have these huge expenses and I feel so crunched. So I think that, first of all, she can let go of some of the guilt that she has about spending money on certain things. I definitely got the sense from what she's saying that she feels guilty now. So I think my main advice to her is to step back for a minute and just make a list of all of your priorities and making your budget then to reflect those priorities so you don't feel this daily, oh no, I'm spending too much money on that. Because you've worked it out, you know you will be spending money on those things, at least for the foreseeable future, and that's okay. And you'll just make sure that your budget can handle it. I'd love to talk about personal finance generally for people in their 30s. So what are the financial challenges and concerns that you see facing people in their 30s? You are a 30-something, right? 
I am. I'm right in the middle there. Yeah. So the biggest is just that we have so much pressure, so much expenses just sucking away at our income. It's hard to handle it all. So a lot of us are starting to have parents that might need help, um, assistance, either caregiving or financially in some cases. And then at the same time, our kids' expenses are just growing. Uh, kids are so expensive. And then on top of that, we have, you know, our we're trying to manage our careers and our earning pe- potential and power trying to grow that amidst all of that pressure. A lot of us still have student loans we're paying off too. Uh, we have bigger household expenses, mortgage, rent. So, I mean, it's like everything is hitting us at once. The question is, how do we juggle all that? So those are the challenges and concerns. What are some advantages to being somebody in your 30s when it comes to finances? We have so much earning potential still ahead of us. If we can hold on to that earning power and build it, um, then that is something we really have on our side. What are the big decisions you see 30-somethings facing when it comes to money? First of all, I think it's about prioritizing what those long-term goals are. I mean, you have to kind of pick and choose because we can't do everything. So are you going to save for your own retirement, which I think we have to make our top priority, versus setting up your kid's college savings account, which of course we want to do also, but maybe we have to wait a little bit while we still are getting our own retirement goals down. How should people be thinking about retirement when they're in their 30s? Retirement might feel like it's still far off, but you know, it's the most important thing we can do in our 30s is to make sure we've opened up those accounts if we haven't already. It's so striking. If you look at the numbers of when you start saving for retirement, if you start in your 20s, you have to save so much less to get to the same amount than if you start in your 30s or 40s. And if we can just feel motivated enough by that to open up those accounts as soon as possible, uh, it will pay off so much in the long run. It's so important for us to do. Okay, so did you catch that? First of all, Kimberly Palmer says that you have to concentrate on saving for retirement in your 30s. Make sure you open up those retirement accounts. Now is the time. She also says that before you make a budget, you should think about your goals and priorities. What's most important to you? And then make sure you've organized your budget to reflect whatever it is you most want. Because ultimately, how you spend your money is just a reflection of your values. And we learned that in your 30s, you still have tons of earning potential. So make sure you're taking steps in your career to keep maximizing that potential. Go after that promotion. Ask for that raise. Last of all, we want everyone to know that if you've made mistakes or been out of balance with your financial choices, there's no shame in it. Every financial expert stresses that it's never too late. (sighs) You can make meaningful changes starting today. So whatever you do or however you feel about money, no matter what age you are or behavior type you fall into, it's okay. You just need to be aware of the kind of person you are when it comes to your finances so you can grow. And more importantly, be happy. That's all for this episode of Wealth Wits. Special thanks to our guests, Amanda Clayman, David Carlson, and Kimberly Palmer. And special thanks to Lauren and Aaron for sharing their stories. If you want to learn about money matters at other stages of life, or if you're curious about other financial behavior types, check out slate.com slash explorewealthwits. You can also subscribe to the entire series wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, why not let people know by leaving us a good review? I'm Faith Saley. Thanks so much for joining us.